The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So awareness... Am I on? Yes, you are. Awareness wants to happen, and it's going to keep happening. And I find that in pursuit of... uh, greed, aversion, and delusion, I try to keep it from happening. And and so I've changed my focus to, um, and I can't, once awareness happens, I can't keep it happening because that's another form of greed. So I have all these, try to wrap all these layers of control around things. And so what I've been doing is when awareness happens, I just let it happen. Mm Mm-hmm. And that, that just lightens everything up. So that sounds... So uh, the, the comment about when awareness happens, just letting it happen and not necessarily trying to make it happen. I mean, in fact, we can't really make awareness happen, but we can create conditions that support it. Um, and relaxation is one of those conditions. Um, and the, the kind of gentle reminding of aware of what can be uh, a condition that helps helps that to happen. But any trying to make awareness happen can well be a form of greed. Um, And yet there are times that... What I like to encourage is if you're noticing... I mean, if you're noticing that trying to make awareness happen is suffering, not so helpful. And what you are discovering is that, wow, it's a lot lighter if I just notice the awareness as it is arising. and yet there are times when maybe something is strong happening. Like there are times perhaps if you're caught in the middle of a, of a storm of some kind, um, you know, a reactive storm of frustration or anger, and bringing a little bit of a sense of intentionality to, can I be with this? Can I, can I find ways to help my mind be with this? So that there is, can be some doing and maybe even some wanting in that desire to be with that, to support uh, a little bit of ease around it. Sometimes the the suffering of the reactive emotion is is stronger or more um, more seductive or more uh, 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 more destructive in a way than the little bit of wanting that's connected with trying to be with the with that experience. And so sometimes. You know, if we're experiencing something, a strong reactivity, a little bit of effort, even if it has some wanting in it, can be helpful. Um, because the suffering of that wanting to be with the reactivity is, is less destructive to the mind than the suffering of being pulled into that reactivity. So there are times when I, I sometimes say letting suffering be our guide in terms of what we explore. And if you are feeling the suffering of trying to be mindful, let that go. And and there may be times when it feels like the mind can, like, okay, can I be aware of this? And that feels a little bit like a doing, but it actually feels helpful. So I just wanted to, to put that out there. I have a lot of reactivity storms like that. And I, I used to go into them and try to fix them. Yeah. And then, of course, that's entanglement. Yes. And, and what I'm finding is I can be in a reactivity storm and all of a sudden awareness comes and kind of trumps it. Uh-huh. And I'm aware of their activity storm, and then I try to control again, and awareness is 
comes and tries to and notice it, the control. Yeah, yeah. And it's got, it's kind of like awareness keeps being aware, and and then eventually the whole thing kind of unravels. Uh huh. Yep. And so trusting that because that is a direction that it moves is that as we become aware, it's not the involvement with trying to figure anything out about it, but just the okay, can I hold this? Can the mind be with this? And, and awareness does that. And as that happens, there's much more of a natural kind of, uh, I said that there was a, a, a kind of a, a, a inner wisdom that helped the mind to understand how to let go of things. And that's what you're experiencing, is that inner wisdom. That it's that the holding of the experience is what's necessary to allow that inner wisdom to work. Yeah, thank you. Over here, yeah behind you. It's not, I don't think, is, it, is the button green? Okay, now, okay. now it's working. Yes. Great. Um, so in exploring the attitude in the mind um, this morning, um, at first there was a um, wish to escape mm. from mindfulness itself. And so I'm looking closely. My, my, be- my guess is that actually it wasn't wanting to escape from mindfulness, but what mindfulness was aware of, yes. which may have been and something so, unpleasant. Exactly. Yes. And yes. so Not wanting to be present for something unpleasant. And that yeah. unpleasantness was, in fact, fear. Uh-huh. That uh, is this safe here. And then looking sort of continuing to look at the attitude of the mind um, once I established that, yes, this is safe here. It is safe. Um, There is also an unbearableness of experience. The flood of of just the aliveness. Uh Uh-huh. So it kind of felt overwhelming in a way? or I think the word that really came to mind was unbearable. Uh-huh. That, and I recognize that as a deep sankara of mine, that that is something that often I experience as the continuity of mindfulness. Gets stronger. Gets stronger, yeah. and yeah. That, uh, that often comes up. So I was just curious as to your... You talked about giving a direction. Uh, So I was curious about your direction in that circumstance. I would encourage, I mean, the first thing, if you, if the first thing is, so there's the the experience, which is, you know, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch is kind of flooding through. And the feeling of unbearable is a relationship. And as the practice unfolds, this is something that happens for, um, it's like it's a, you're, it's a deep sankara, not a, just of yours, but of of human beings, <laughs> and so you know that, that that is something that we we do touch into at times. It's not always that it feels that way when when we be we move into the kind of flow of experience. Sometimes it's delightful, and sometimes it feels like enough already. I've had enough seeing, smelling, hearing, tasting, touching. And it does have that unbearable feeling. And the, the deepening of the practice happens through noticing the relationship. And so, unbearable. This is the experience. This is the experience of unbearable. And 
there are different flavors of unbearable that can happen or that of, of in that terrain of, you know, feeling like enough already. It could be something like boredom. It could be something like, I'm just offering that there, there, it might not always be unbearable. You know, it might be other flavors of this. And so it could be boredom. It could be terror. It could be um, um, anxiety. It could be uh, overwhelm. It could be feeling something like homesickness. There's a lot of different flavors of, of things that happen there. And so holding whatever it is, like, okay, the unbearable. This, this feels unbearable. And yet what's happening... I mean, you're, you're, the body's continuing. The mind is continuing. It, is it really unbearable in this moment? In this moment. Mostly what we experience as unbearable is the idea that this is going to continue like this for a long time. And, and so there's a picking up of not just this moment, but kind of future moments. And so noticing, noticing that unbearableness and what can be understood what the unbearableness is a form of suffering that's happening in that moment in relationship to the mind touching into kind of just this deeper level of what it is to be a human being uh, we're touching into you know experience is unreliable experience is uncontrollable and the mind doesn't like that at very deep levels and and yet this is, the, the Buddha found that there's a pathway through all of that and the pathway is through the relationship by opening to that unbearable feeling, we begin to experience... It's kind of like the mind is saying this is unbearable. And, and unbearable means it can't be born. And yet, a second later, we see the mind has borne it. It has been bearable. And so it kind of puts the lie to the idea. So we, we see that in our experience. That begins to unwind this, this idea, and we see that it is our mind creating the idea that it's unbearable, that is unbearable. And the, and the transformation begins to happen. It takes a lot of courage to be with some of those deeper kind of feelings, unbearable, terror, uh, fear, anxiety, around, you know, just experience. It's not like there's anything in particular that we're afraid of. It's just like the onslaught. It feels like an onslaught sometimes. And so that um, the relationships there are how the path deepens. And so that's what I'd encourage. If it is, if the unbearableness feels overwhelming and you get lost in ideas about unbearableness, you know, sometimes all that you can do in that kind of a situation is is simply do the best you can. Because any, any movement to say, oh, let me open my eyes and, and you know, receive is kind of like, well, that's just a further onslaught. And so you know, sometimes we just have to do the best we can with that. Uh, if there is something that you can kind of turn away or simplify the experience, uh, that can be helpful in terms of working with that. But, but this is what is asking to be met at that point, that feeling of unbearableness itself. And you may also recognize there are relationships you have to that, and not liking the unbearable feeling. Oh, unbearable and not liking is happening. That's what's happening. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I had an interesting experience um, noticing the attitude. So um, I was walking and... Um, 
there were two crowds that just came on the sidewalk in front of me. And um, I don't know if it's the same in the English culture, but in the French culture, it means bad luck. <laughs> so it's like bad luck on my path. That's not good. And I saw I kind of reacted. It was like, okay, this is happening and I don't like it. I'm worried. Oh. And what is very interesting is, as I said that, it... As you acknowledged as that I there was worry, uh, that not liking in the worry. Yes, mm -hmm. it just disappeared. Mm -hmm. And the next thing I heard myself say is, may you be happy. <laughs> you know? So, and I was just like, oh my God, I have never been able to see crows in my, crows in my entire life in a relaxed way. Uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's that frightening, but I think it's my, my mother was over superstitious. Well, it's conditioning. Conditioning. It's conditioning. Yes. It's yes. training. Yes. Yeah. And so what you're pointing to is really, you know, as the mind becomes aware, I mean, that's seeing the inner transformation. You didn't do that, right? You didn't make it go away. As you uh, open to, oh, this is what's here. Oh, not liking and worry. That's what's here. It's like the system understood how to let it go and released it. That will happen sometimes, and, it, and sometimes we get to hang with, woo, I'm not liking and worry is what's happening. And so, you know, that, that at times the mindfulness can be there so uh, fully that, that a, a wisdom does release that pattern. And it can be beautiful, and it, it, it helps us to recognize this is useful. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm going I'm, to, I'm, 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 I'm bought in. I am going to keep doing this because this is helpful. And that may help us at times when we see, oh, seeing a crowd, worry and anxiety, not liking. Oh, worry and anxiety, not liking. Oh, caught by worry and anxiety and not liking. And it may help us to, to kind of hold that when it doesn't just release. Because the conditions of that release are, you know, that they, they are, there are many of them. And some of them is the practice and some of them is a momentum of mindfulness. And, and sometimes it may be that something else has been going on, like you've had a, a kind of a, a, a little bit of sleep maybe. You haven't had enough, a, a lot of sleep and maybe you're hungry. And that's conditions that create a little less capacity for the mindful. So there's all kinds of things that can happen that don't just allow things to release. And it's not, it doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong and it doesn't mean that it's a failure. If yes, I had happens. the example of the, the opposite when um, I was sitting here and the, I was being mindful of the, the air on my face and it's air conditioning and it's cold and my mind is, again, contracting, getting worried. I'm going to get a migraine. I get migraines with air conditioning is why I'm wearing a hat. And, and I was kind of realizing I'm fear. And so it was not going away. I just kept being, being aware, aware of, the fear. of yeah. the fear. And after a while, just telling myself, well, let's do an experiment and see if I get a migraine. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it's very powerful practice. Yeah, and, and, and in those times when it doesn't go away, it's like there's, there's some deeper layers that are wanting to be understood. And so the patience to meet that and the trust that 
I mean, so the, those moments when we see the release, it's kind of like that's, it's kind of like a little, a little um, um, indication, yes, this is a direction that's helpful. And so we, we begin to trust the practice more when we have little moments like that. And that can help us when we, we see something that's a little stickier to stay with it and just, you know, okay, so there's something here that's not quite seen. What, what's here? What might I be able to, what might be able to be open to in this moment? And, and trusting that process with patience. Yeah. Thank you. Any other? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, how much, how important is concentration, if, if it's important at all, to the open awareness practice because what I find personally is that if I have done like 10 or 15 minutes of directed awareness and then transition open awareness is a lot more stable I don't get as wrapped up in the Mm -hmm. objects they're more able to just be objects in awareness objects in consciousness but if I don't do like a warm-up of directed awareness it's very difficult Uh Um, yeah like or going through the day if I don't have time to do any kind of concentration exercises I just get wrapped up with everything uh-huh. all day long versus if I take like 20 minutes in the morning the day just goes a lot smoother uh-huh. so the question is about a concentration with relation to open awareness yeah so so I mean different minds are are have different things that support them in terms of being with the practice opening to the practice and you've noticed this for your for yourself that using some concentration being with one particular object using directed awareness supports you in being with experience um and and so that's that's fine you know you're you're welcome to 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 use that and explore that what i'd say is in this practice concentration is extremely important it is the concentration that allows the stability but it's a different kind of concentration. It's not a concentration. The concentration in this practice can develop a little more slowly in a way um, in that um, we explore what does it mean to just be aware of this, of this, of this, of this. And it's, it's a concentration that develops by the awareness being able to be stable with changing experience. And so it's, it's in the... In the um, Pali, it's called kanika samadhi, moment-to-moment awareness, as opposed to absorption awareness, you know, the kind of jhana um, awareness or the the kind of settled or collected awareness on an object. It's a different kind of concentration. Uh, And that's that's the kind of concentration we're exploring cultivating here is that stability of awareness and the capacity of the mind to meet what is happening just in its tumble. And, and you, you feel like it's been easier for you to shift to that moment-to-moment awareness, having done some st- stabilizing awareness at first. And I'd say roughly maybe a third of the people would have that experience. And so, you know, that's, it's fine to know that about yourself. And what I'd say, too, is that um, uh, there can be ideas, having learned that kind of practice, that, that way in, there can be ideas about the meditation that if I'm experiencing thought while I'm meditating, it means there's no way that I can be here. There's no way that I can actually be mindful. And, and so this practice actually begins to challenge some of the assumptions we make about meditation itself. And so the, the, you know, noticing that there's a lot of thoughts or noticing that the attention is jumping from thing to thing to thing 
isn't inherently doesn't inherently mean that that uh, you're not mindful and so uh, you know the the way the mind settles in this practice it it can feel a little jumpy at first there can be lots of thoughts and and yet what we're noticing is just okay this is how the mind is working you know this is it's it's like our mindfulness settles through the way it normally works, the way the mind, mind normally functions, which tends to be kind of scattered and jumpy. And, and yet we can, we can explore that possibility of, okay, yep, now I'm aware of uh, seeing and hearing and thinking and, 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 and just to, to know that and to recognize whether there's any idea or belief that because something is happening, like a particular thought is happening, um, you know, or thinking is happening, that it means I'm not mindful. Well, check. Am I aware of thinking? If you are aware of thinking, then I, I, I'd propose that you, you are in the terrain of what this practice is, is exploring. My, my sense for myself, I did a lot of the concentration practice before opening to open awareness, and the trajectory of that is, is, is very much that it settles the thinking, and then it's a little bit easier in some ways to be with just various body sensations, uh, um, feelings that arise in the moment as you let go of open, being with one particular experience. And yet that is it's almost, like, it's almost like the mind settles um, in that concentration and isn't learning or understanding how to be present for thoughts and thinking in that process because you're, you're, you're shifting away from thoughts and thinking every time you notice them with that. And so this practice also creates the conditions for us to learn how to be present for our thoughts. And if we have an idea in our daily life that we can't be present for thinking, there's a lot of our daily life that's not going to be available for mindfulness. And so um, I'd just suggest for today you play with not using that and, and see what happens. I mean, you, you have that as a tool. You can use that. And I encourage you to use it, especially in your daily life, if you find that 20-minute sitting creates a container that sets up your day to be more present and non-reactive. You know that about yourself. Use it. And, and yet here today, you, you might explore a different way in. Um, it's, it's, quite, it's quite amazing at times how, how much the mind can settle through not directing the attention. And so giving yourself the opportunity to see, is that possible for your mind? It's, it's probably more possible than you give it credit for. So I just encourage a little playing with it, yeah. Yeah, and, and do you have the mic? <laughs> um, and, then, and then one more, and then we'll... One follow-up. You called it, uh, you made a distinction between jhanic concentration and something else? Moment-to-moment uh, moment concentration. Is there a name for Con- that? Kanika samadhi is the... And kanika means moment, momentary. So, yeah, moment-to-moment moment concentration. Yeah. This was helpful to... I, I'm not sure if it's on. This was helpful for me to... Um, become more aware of my mind while I'm being. Um, I walk in nature a lot often, and, and this felt a lot like that experience. Mostly I'm seeing, hearing, feeling. But when the thoughts arise, I have a tendency to have thoughts related to doing, 
than I am more like a human doing than a human being. Uh Other is naming. I see a tree, redwood, oak, flowers. As I'm aging, I'm not able to grasp the names that I know. I, I am a gardener. I, I know so many plants, and now so many, I can't remember their names. Not all, but some. And people, too, sometimes. I can't remember your names. And it's. I used to be very reactive to that, and that got me stuck and, yeah. and fearful. And so now what I observed today when I couldn't remember a name was just to let go uh-huh. And I'm wondering if, if that is actually a positive experience. Could I look at it in a positive light that I, I'm living and going through life without this naming mm-hmm. activity that um, I'm so used to? Well, certainly it's useful to, to explore whatever is happening in experience as being natural. And in some, to some extent... Um, I mean, it is, it is what is that the mind is beginning to let go of that. And it can support you in a way, um, you know, to, to let go. So, and the letting go is, does create ease. And so that is positive. That piece of it is positive. That, that the, the seeing that the mind is less hooked around needing to know the names and that it's a different relationship. It's almost like because you don't have the name, you know, in some ways, because you don't have the name. When we use names, when names are in there, often what's happening is that we relate to the experience through the concept rather than through the direct experience. It's possible to know the concept, to see, oh, redwood tree, and also be, be available first that that's a, that's a concept that is... I mean, that's natural. It's not, it's not like I'm doing that. It's like the, the conditioning of the system. You've been a gardener. The conditioning of your system is to name the plants. And yet that can at times take us away because we tend to, with concepts, relate to experience through the idea. It's like, it's like not are we, we're not just seeing that redwood. We're seeing our idea of redwoods in some way. And so without the name, sometimes there's a possibility of, of being more, more in direct contact with experience. And so that, that can be a new, uh, perhaps a new experience for you that is a, a positive approach, the, a, pro, a positive direction for the practice to, to just land with like this experience. In this case, you know, brown and green being <laughs> arising very tall. <laughs> That's the experience. Um, so that, yeah, I mean, it, it, in some ways it can be. So not trying to find the word, but just that the, the eyes are seeing and, and meeting experience. The, the, the system is responding and feeling and knowing that. Even without the names, there can be that connection with the experience. So thank you. Um, and let's do another, another um, sitting. So if you'd like to stand up for 10 seconds and then sit again.